0: Welcome to ADRA Insider, where we share insights into our work and the people behind the work that we do. Today's episode is very special because we are welcoming our colleague, Arten Dityaruk from within Ukraine. He is the program manager for ADRA Ukraine and we are so touched that he has taken time from his many demands and time from the crisis to come and be with us and share with us what is going on in Ukraine and the work that ADRA is doing. Artem, thank you so much for taking time to come and be with us and to share with us. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you very much for this opportunity to speak up from yeah. this part of the world.
0: So Artem, you are the programs director at ADRA Ukraine, yes? That's correct. Okay, so that sounds like a very, very busy and important position, but we'll unpack a little bit later what that entails. Before we launch into that, I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up working at ADRA? How long have you been at ADRA? And what does um, working at ADRA mean to you?
1: Well, for me, ADRA is my life, and I'm open for what God uh, uses me for or where God applies me. I was uh, a child of the uh, family of ministers that dedicated their life, where they served for the church and uh, also the students in the university, not far from Kiev. And this place actually now in the heart of the military actions right now, this campus. But then when I uh, finished this uh, school and uh, then a bachelor's degree, uh, I was choosing my career and there were opportunities to go for the master's with Andrews and there was international development, you know. So for me it sounded very similar to what I was always dreaming to do. And uh, by that time, there was a new director of ADRA Ukraine who just was appointed in 2012. They started like new phase or new era of ADRA with the new team, with the new maybe strategy. And uh, I was invited to be one of those. So that's how we started. Uh, so for me, ADRA is uh, part of my life. It is part of my leisure and pleasure and uh, work and weekends and holidays and... Uh, wherever god will bring me tomorrow i don't know but i would i would be always thankful to adra you know for all of what we did together you know
0: hmm. so it's like it's part of your dna
1: yes at the moment, breathing
0: yes. eating drinking adra can you tell us a little bit about what adra ukraine is doing right now i hear many different things and i haven't sat down and like compiled them all But it sounds like a lot, which is blowing me away because like I said, you guys are living through it yourselves. As you mentioned earlier, you're now in the same shoes as the people that you're helping. And so to be living it and yet also be helping. um, Can you just tell us a little bit more about that as well?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Thank you. We are just trying to respond to the situation and to provide access to the basic needs of uh, the most vulnerable. The highest needs are evacuation of people or mm-hmm. bringing them to the safer sites or cities and villages closer to the western borders and ideally to to let them cross the border with the country and it's from one hand it's uh, a bit depressive because you can see that your nation is you know the, the population demog- demography is just dropping you know because so many women and uh, girls, they are living this country, and we don't know how many, how when they will come back, and it becomes like men country. You know, you you go out and you see more and more men just around. Mm-hmm. Yes, evacuation is one of the the crucial activity right now, and the church also. And I I keep telling this and not forgetting myself and telling to others on all the occasions that the church is doing so much and the volunteers are doing so much and civil society is so active. And there are so many people that would not never be on the cameras because some of them were killed. And even myself, being when I was on the on the evacuation crew, I, I saw so many um, humanitarian cars being also, uh, just with, with the shelling and they were stopped on the side of the road you can always be sure that this was humanitarian track, you know, humanitarian aid, and some of those people didn't reach, some of those uh, humanitarian convoys didn't reach a destination. And it is terrible. But uh, still people, knowing those risks, they continue to do this. That's why I keep telling that volunteers and civil society is very active. And other is also active because we support these this, this activities and we also hire the drivers ourselves. And also part of our even friends and even uh, family members because they know of us, they know of and they they call us and they say, we know about the need, we want to be there also. We want to also take people out. We want to evacuate. We want to drive. So evacuation is one, the food, uh, water, hygiene and uh, shelter because people then when they are moved, they need to stay somewhere and get something like because they usually leave it with with the one bag the some documents if they are lucky because many of those even don't take it back they have Mm -hmm. shelling they run away and sometimes their house is bombed or so or they are taken to the convoy and this convoy takes them out and they think that maybe in one week they will come back because most likely the shelling is not forever and hopefully it will stop and it will end and the conflict will end but usually it, it uh, the the history tells us, and uh, also my also experience and experience of other people tells that for some of those it is if not forever but for years not to come back to their home con- home places for me, it's also like very uh, heartbreaking to see the videos and photos from the news when I managed to like for a couple of seconds to go there and check the and see the streets where you were walking you know one year ago or a couple of months ago and now they are just like from some american's movies after the, you know there there's the smoke around no people and then everything is broken and the shops are also broken and the glasses are outside and it's burning you can still see the smoke out from the from those houses and unfortunately also the bodies of the people that are not taken out they are just there you know they're they are just there and it's in the middle of europe not in the very very middle but it's in the europe you know it's mm-hmm. you, you would never tell them that it would happen but it happened so yeah that's what we are doing right now the, the the most basic needs access to the basic needs and support the beneficiaries and also we are doing the Cash for them, uh, so we are giving the cash to those people, to the civilians, and uh, also we are we are we are supporting them with psychosocial assistance where where possible.
0: Artem, are you willing to share with us a little bit about your own evacuation from your home? What what was the situation like prior to leaving, and and what led you to decide ultimately to evacuate?
1: When I woke up in the first day of the war, I saw the massive like tremendous traffic you know jam so i talked to myself and to my parents and to my my brother and my family and we we understand that now f- there that became like 2 3 kilometers line for the gas station you know people started to fill their cars because they don't know when they will fill it again then mm-hmm. the car again and we decided we will not because and the, on the media everywhere it, they started to tell that only the military Military uh, detachments and uh, military uh, fields are bombed, so no civilians. Mm-hmm. So we were all like a bit patient. We said, Well, it's not, of course, good, it's not good, but at least they are not targeting the residential blocks, you know. And we stayed there, and it was Thursday. Our candidate director came and uh, to, 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 the, to the office and we talked to each other, we discussed how we plan also the response. We have allocated some funds already to the conference, I'm sorry, to, to distribute the, the support to them and uh, to the beneficiaries and do the evacuation. And we went out and me and my brother, and we already saw the tanks around. So it was too dangerous to mow. But we still had a hope that because it's residential block, then maybe we will, maybe tanks are still to reach or target the, the um, military compounds, you know, so there is mm-hmm. no danger for the civilians. And it became Friday, you know, so we didn't we decide, okay, it's Sabbath, we don't want to break Sabbath, but we will maybe go Saturday evening or Sunday morning. And then it became... Completely impossible to leave it because the shelling increased and it was terrible. Like outside, like you know, and very scary also outside, especially for the for the girls and for for my mother. My mother was also um, some friends that know me. They were writing me the messages and they said, "Is your mother okay?" Because she was sharing very stressful messages like help us, help us, take us out, take us out. And I didn't know that she was doing this. You know, she, mm. she was just next to me and she was writing all these messages. And there was still internet and electricity. I was on some of the calls. Maybe it was a network call. But my father, he said, no, we need to go. We really need to go. If, if Even because it's shelling, but we, it can be worse. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. it became worse. And it was so smart that they 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 moved. But I couldn't let myself... Uh, go because it would mean that I will be maybe 24 hours without connection because once I leave Wi-Fi in the cars, the the internet start start not to work the 4, 4G and 3G. So I I I didn't uh, I was not able to afford myself to be not on the internet because of the work and I I stayed there. And uh, once I stayed there, I realized that it's getting worse and worse, worse and worse. And suddenly we realize that the blocks where we are and the whole city it mm-hmm. is absolutely occupied. So it is cut from the country. It is it is from the north. It is cut. So we are in the inside there, mm-hmm. there. and then one of the days, the it just I was on the general coordination meeting, OCHA, and <clears throat> listening to the situation and uh, putting down the 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 needs of the different clusters. And suddenly everything like went down in terms of the electricity. So I thought maybe they just sit it, just switch it off. But uh, I realized it is never returned. So Mm. since that time and until now, there is no electricity. So the gas, water stopped also within like maybe few hours. And then uh, still there was some food. There was still some savings, you know, like uh, from the resources that there were inside the, the house. And then it turned to the, to the situation when the soldiers started to walk inside the block and they they said that uh, you, you need to go in the basement and they put every people from the block, from the residential block in the one place and tell, go down. We will not touch you, don't worry. We will not harm you. Soldiers said, we will not harm you, but go down and don't use your phone. And those who, who use their phones, they just destroy the phone. They just... Throw, threw it away, threw, threw it down. So did the
0: soldiers stay in the basement with the people, with you guys? No, no. They
1: just wanted to 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 uh, assess the situation around, and that's mm-hmm. why they, they went on the topper floors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: were watching from the windows where are the, situ- oh. the situation, but they didn't want that uh, locals report on them, so they said go mm-hmm. down to the basement. So it turned up to the situation when it's no longer possible to to be receiving any food or water and all the resources, just people run out of this. And that's how we ended up when we were just trying to get out from there. So we were even approaching those soldiers and asking them how we can go out from this place. And they said, you can go this way, for example, or you can go this way. And uh, we will not touch you. If you, are, if somebody will kill you, it's not us. It's Ukrainian army. Don't, 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 don't accuse us. We, don't, we will not. They, they say we will not shoot you. You can go. But and, and in the meantime, you can hear the shelling somewhere on the on mm-hmm. the, the back background. And I was by that time already six days without electricity, but I had my power banks fully charged mm-hmm. and my my computer also had battery, and I could charge from the computer so i and I was still those four or five days somehow available because I was saving the battery and going just from the moment to moment to the catch internet and talk to the people. I was talking also to Avish from other Canada to, mm-hmm. to to tell him about the needs about the situation. I said the it, uh, situation here is not the same as you can read in the news. it's even worse mm-hmm. somewhere and uh so i had my internet but i could see that it is going down battery and maybe tomorrow i will be completely out of this world i mean in terms of the access Mm -hmm. and there was one one neighbor and he said so come in we are also going and we came i sit in we sat in his car i locked the doors of the apartment and uh, i didn't know that if i would see it again or not i sat down to this car and we went towards, we went out of this place, and we didn't know if we will survive because this road was under the sniper uh, target. They, they could, they, they were watching this. They were mm-hmm. in the, in the forest, and they were watching. They were watching this, uh, the movements of the cars. So we had to go very fast, but we couldn't go very fast because Russian soldiers told us, if you are the evacuation crew, you need to go very slow. Fifteen kilometers speed uh, and uh, per hour, and you need to put the windows down so we don't we see that you are not soldiers, you are civilians. Wow! And put the white things on the on this, so you are peaceful, you know. Mm -hmm. So it means that if you want to to uh, obey and listen to them, you have to be very slow. But it means that you are the so easy. reachable target you know because Mm -hmm. you're so slow the window was down and you're moving like very far very slow over here but but thanks god we managed to get out from this block and this street we we managed to go as as far as five minutes drive and then there was terrible traffic and when i stood in this traffic there were still soldiers going around still burning homes around the smoke the soldiers going here and there and checking the cars, what is inside, and but the the traffic did the, the the jam just stopped. The cars just stopped. They didn't even move like slowly. They just stopped. You know, mm. and uh, I stood for a while. I had my Adra jacket here and I had Adra ID card here because I you know it. I thought to myself if something happens, so at least uh, people would know that who who am I and whom to report to at least to document this. And I had this idea with me and I started to go on the street because maybe the mines could be aside the street, aside the road. So I was walking on the road, along this line, and I ended up that there was under the line after the line of the cars there was a big crowd of people, around five, seven thousand of civilians, just elderly, like with the kids, and it was so cold and it was not sunny at all that day and they are waiting for the buses to take them out because it was announced. There was no electricity, no TV, but they were announcing with these rupors, with this gramophones. Megaphone. You
0: know,
1: megaphone that there is evacuation. Mm-hmm. There is evacuation. You need to show up at 10 o'clock to the mayor's office, to the uh, city administration. So all people who managed, they came with their bags and it was, it, it reminded me of Second World War, you know, people are just going with the bags, all they have, all they manage to grab on their shoulders, the kids, they are just going, 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 and they're staying there on this crowded place, and it's cold. And when I was there, it was already three o'clock in the afternoon, and I figured out that many people are already like, so what, five hours outside, no toilets, no latrines, no water, no food. And when i was with my other jacket they came to me and they thought that i am the you know the information manager or i am the government or i am some volunteer and say what should we do what should we do tell us but they were not aggressive they were just i said uh, how long are you here i said, I said did, you, did you eat Did you have water have you had water and they said no but we don't need this we don't need this now we want to take we want to be out we want to be mm-hmm. out and all what was happening that the rep from the mayor office was going with this megaphone and telling that 50 buses, big buses, are stuck on the checkpoint uh, around 50 kilometers away from here and the soldiers doesn't let it through, but maybe in one hour or so they let it through, so they will come. And it's already 3 o'clock and it's getting dark at 6 o'clock or 5.30, you know. And mm-hmm. it's 3 o'clock and it means that at 4, 4.30 they will only come, these buses. And during the dark time, maybe this will not happen. And that people, they are just, like I said, they are helpless. They don't know where to go, who is the right source of information. So those cars started to turn back and just go to the other zone and just one by one. And I was in one of those cars and uh, we didn't know how it will happen, but we were passing different uh, other cars of civilians. That were destroyed you know and people inside so we were overcoming those cars overcoming we were overcoming the collapsed bridges and suddenly and the speed was very slow because many cars you know one by one one by one were just going and we were afraid also because we are potential target you know and it's cold because the windows are down you know so you cannot and suddenly it's already dark you know and we are only we are only 10 kilometers away from my home, from where we escaped. So it's not that far. We managed to run away, and now we start to approach the Russian checkpoints. You know, and they check our documents, bags. Thanks God, they were not uh, rude. They were not uh, very angry. They were just peaceful. They were checking documents, and uh, they let us go out. And through the uh, around eight or ten checkpoints, we reached to the place which was already capital of Ukraine. Inside the Kyiv, it's safe because they didn't manage yet to get inside the Mm -hmm. city. But -hmm. this is the target for the missiles and the rockets, you know. So you are in Kyiv, and you are not longer in this place where the Russians are physically, but you are still in the city, which is targeted, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we started to move to the other road, and that road was full of checkpoints, bags with the sand and with the cement. And you need to go like this, you know, to overcome those blocks. Mm-hmm. And then you just go with this road. And, and there are no gas stations, no buses, no toilets. But somehow we just run away and manage to go to the safe place. But I have a, also not a very pleasant story when my friend uh, who was studying with me in my university, he called me on ma- March uh, five. And he said, Artem, are you safe? I said, well, you're lucky to, to, to catch me because I usually without internet and without uh, connection. And he said, I am in the west of Ukraine because I was on business trip, he tells me. Where are you now? I said, I am in Bucha in Hostomel. I said, oh my God, it's dangerous there. And my parents are there. I said, yeah, yeah, it's very dangerous here. Don't, don't come here. On Mar- March 10th, he calls me again and he tells me, Artem, uh, well, if you would have any volunteer job for for me in west of Ukraine, I can help you because mm-hmm. I don't rush anywhere anymore. I said, "Why? What happened?" He said, "My par- my father was killed. He, they they shot him. They shot him, and uh, he was in the car. And my mother is alive, but she's in the hospital because her shoulder is like uh, you know, it has the bullet. It just came through the whole body and just. And but she is alive." but the father is not alive, and he is calling me this Roman. Today he was helping us with the distribution of the goods in the Mukachevo warehouse. And he is behaving very strong, you know, you cannot read from, from his voice that he lost his father last week.
0: The people who are going through stuff like this, that they're reaching out to say, what can I do to help, is... I have no words.
1: You can see that throughout all the circumstances, you can see the you know the person, the the very beautiful soul, you know, the mm-hmm. very beautiful heart inside. Because this guy who lost his father and his her his mother, he, he doesn't know what what is with her, if she would would survive or if she would recover or not. And he tells me like, what I can do for you? And I ask him, you know, I ask him, how much can we pay you? What is your expectation? He said, what are you talking about? This is the time when we are all. Serving each other, you know we're not talking about the funds mm-hmm. so wow. you know, this this really inspired it it makes makes me think that you know this nation is you know is very strong inside, and despite the mm-hmm. uh, you know the stronger other sides and other challenges and problems you know f- somehow f- uh, there is power that comes up from the God, from you know from everywhere. And it gives you the source, gives you the that also the power to to continue to move forward, you know, to survive, mm-hmm. to, to live on. Because the God, uh, maybe somebody else didn't survive, but you survived. So maybe there, there is God plans on you. There is some 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 plan for you to to do something else for other people.
0: Mm-hmm. So how about you, Artem? How are you? How are you holding up? And in- How's your family, and and where are you finding your strength to get through all of this?
1: I'm very glad that my my mother and my uh, my aunts and uh, niece, they are all alive and they are in the safe place, and mm-hmm. I appreciate all those European countries and uh, uh, that uh, and other countries around the world that offer the. The shelter, you know, and offer the protection for those people. So at least the men's, um, the men around the country of Ukraine, Ukrainian men, they are not worried about their grandmothers, their mothers, their wives, their daughters, mm-hmm. sisters. So this is the the good thing, and also for myself, I am I can, at least I can I can a bit focus on something else, and this and something else is to you know evaluate situation and say, okay, you are alive. Uh, you have the power. You have uh, you have the strength, and so what you can do now. You don't go. You don't go to take a arm or some you know gun. You are not for this. You know. So you are to do something good for others, mm-hmm. and that's what really motivates and bring makes people happy. And myself also makes me happy and enthusiastic and it gives me power to wake wake up when I was staying in the apartment the bomb shelter it, it doesn't have internet because it's the underground but I had to be still online and I was going up and uh, I was on the on, on the network calls for example or on some calls yeah, with I'm other right. in Europe with the emergency response team but uh, I understood that if I don't attend this meeting now that maybe I will not at least uh, pass the information about the needs and maybe there would be no, that the project would not come that can help that person or that person, you know. And uh, also I need to keep my staff informed and also be informed that they are safe at least, you know. So mm-hmm. I had to be on internet for some, sorry, for some time. And uh, when I heard bombing, I know that it's not smart, and uh, God doesn't want us to risk that. You know, it's not that you go in the, you know, in the fire, and you say, "No, God will save me." You don't go for fire. You know, you just be smarter. But in this case, I had no choice because that there was this call, and there was opportunity for me to be on this call. And I said to myself, "Well, if this would happen, that now it's the end. It's the end." You know, but I felt somewhere inside that it will not, you know, affect me, and I have. A video on my phone when i was i just recorded when uh, you know i was on the call on the computer and there was such a shouting outside you know but i was peaceful you know i had the feeling that god is uh, sending his angels you know and there is some something like umbrella you know that wow. is protecting you i could feel this and people that were at, next to me they were telling me artem run right now no you don't not, not, not a single job. Not a single. Even this your, your, your humanitarian work. It doesn't work. It does not worth your life. Please, now you need to survive. Please, we are going to the bomb shelter. And I said, listen, I have to stay here for this call. And if you want to survive, come to me, next to me, because I'm sure that at least a couple of meters around me there is such a big shell. You know, there is such mm. a big umbrella that protects me. And I, I said. Do you want a safe place? It is somewhere next to me because I know that God sends his angels. You cannot see this, I told her. You cannot see those angels, but I assure you that there are so many angels around that just with their wings, you know, they're just keeping you, you know. As long as you are doing this without some personal, uh, you know, interest, if you are doing this with open heart, I was sure that I was doing this with open heart and that God saw it and he was protecting, you know. Otherwise, you know, that would happen. My neighbors, Received the bullets in the windows, you know. My another neighbor received the missile inside the, the apartment, and uh, and we were even uh, putting the da- the fire down. Yes, in my in my block the missiles arrived. Wow! And it was wow. there was smoke, and we were afraid that the whole house will burn out, and then mm-hmm. the fire will switch to another house and another house. Mm-hmm. But we found the ex- extinguishers, and somehow it dropped. Mm -hmm. so as long as you know you're doing you have inside your heart this um, uh, the spirit that you want to be useful i think god uh, protects and uses you Uh, this place where i stayed is it was not safe you know so at least i was trying to be useful i was trying trying to work but also for myself i I showed to myself that I'm not afraid of that. Th- I'm not afraid to die. You know, if this is the time to die, this is the time to die. But it is my country, and this is the place where I can be useful. I can serve. You know, there.
0: So, Ajo Ukraine is helping with evacuations and um, the psychosocial support or the trauma counseling. And um, you mentioned cash assistance for the IDPs. So, with that cash assistance, they're able to buy food that they need or are they paying for rent or are they buying hygiene supplies sanitary supplies what are what's the purpose of that cash
1: yeah this is unconditional multi-purpose cash so they can spend it as they as they want mm-hmm. and uh, the, the needs are, are very different and if people are lucky to, you know, to have the access to the shops and or to the ATMs, they can withdraw it, you know, or they can just use this in the in the shop and uh, buy whatever they want. So this is the most hum- human way because we keep we protect the dignity of the person. Mm-hmm. So the person doesn't doesn't need to stay in the line with the mm-hmm. hope to get the box and then everybody sees you and oh you oh you are the you Are right. the, the, the needed person? But in this case, the person would receive the cash that would see the money on their card, or on and then they can spend this. Yeah, this cash is good because it gives you the freedom for the person to spend it on, and mm-hmm. it also still uh, maintains and uh, enables the local economy and local mm-hmm. state because you know the funds still are are uh, uh, inserted into the economy into the right. system and they are working inside uh, uh, other than uh, outside mm-hmm. that's why I like this and we hope to do the cash and as much as we can if the banks would not work if the if the system banking system collapse then yes we would need to do the nfis or bringing the cl- the goods across the border so there is also this option to bring the goods and distribute them so yeah, that's
0: the That's the the plan B. The
1: plan B, yeah.
0: Yeah. Plan A is the cash. I think cash is marvelous because it's portable as well. If they have to run away again, they can bring that with them and they'll have it in their hand for their new location and it can help them in their new location, right? And and then like you said, then the power is in their hands to get what they actually need. Can you tell us a little bit more about these buses that Adra bought?
1: Yes, to me, in my uh, humble view, this is beautiful buses. Other buses, it it is white, you know, with the green logo. So uh, these white buses are meant to take people uh, out from the hot places, from the places like I just mentioned. Oh, wonderful. So many places are all over the country. Mm -hmm. As I said, the conflict is not in one place. It's Mm -hmm. different place all over the country. So uh, these buses will take them out and on the way back again to take new people it will bring some still nfi and goods because yes like you said the best is to take them out but some people even can't be uh, can be taken out because maybe they are disabled or maybe they are just very elderly and any movement can just make them die you know like my grandmother she was not mobile she had to just stay and also, maybe some people have to stay, you know, that's why we need to just also procure them with the goods. Mm-hmm. So those buses would bring something for them and take those that can and won't out.
0: Mm-hmm. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe you said it already, but how many buses are in this project?
1: Uh, 10 buses.
0: 10 buses. And how many bus- people can fit on each bus?
1: 15.
0: 15. Okay. So 150 people with each convoy, if they yes. all are going together, let's just say.
1: We were thinking to rent the buses, you know, and for mm-hmm. some buses we rented, it. But uh, the prices for some buses would be one third or half of the cost of the whole bus. So we would think, okay, so we buy the bus and then this bus belongs to organization and can, it can make one, two, ten, twenty trips. Other mm-hmm. than you rent the bus and the value of the bus is the two times trip value, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. For the, if you rent. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that we, we bought those buses. And uh, if this will be, uh, you know, successful, I think I will advocate more to buy more buses. And mm-hmm. with, this, with this aid, we can, you know, increase, scale up the evacuation of people. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that if would other have like 50 buses or 100 buses and they are coming now, they will be here in half an hour. Mm-hmm. So be ready, and also if you have in the bus some 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 tea, you know, and some maybe sandwich or some soup, a bit or, or porridge, you know, when you when you lost so much or when you lost almost everything, soup or cup of tea makes you so much happier, you know. You mm-hmm. you, you still you can feel that you are alive, you know. May, makes you want to continue to fight for this life,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about how ADRA and the church are working together? Is it just in the West? Is it across the country? Is it uh, through the church facility itself? Or do you mean through church members and how is that working? And what are they doing together?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have very good uh, relationship with church and uh, they are very interested to participate in our projects. So right now it's... um, we had even before the conflict started, we had that uh, announcement in the church, in the churches through the pastors. And we said that uh, that from the news and from the security reports, we uh, we have we have alerts of the potential escalation of the conflict. Mm-hmm. And if this would happen, we would need to be ready. And so that's why we want uh, to know who uh, among us is able to support or be this volunteer who will bring the food or water or host somebody or mm. or be the information manager or you know drive someone? So we created this database of people who would be able to be our supporter, our hands on the ground, you know. And, and that's that was before war.
0: the conflict. Sorry, that was yeah. you built that before, so you yes. you were looking yes, it's, ahead it's, and. It's case. always
1: well, always a big advantage of Adra because of the because we have this uh, incredible resource and our support church members and their uh, mission or their desire to serve others and mm-hmm. be useful. Mm-hmm. So uh, they support us as the situation is development and, and according to the needs that are on the ground. So. Where it's needed they can make a soup kitchen and uh, they can just cook for them others can wash the head, the, the clothes or prepare mm. the bedding and line into the to to press it uh, so it is ready for them
0: that's so organized that's amazing and wonderful that you guys were thinking ahead you know like in case this happens in case this becomes a big thing especially as everything keeps changing so quickly i remember you you mentioned in a network call previously that you can make plans for something in a town and then an hour later the town isn't there anymore right and yeah. so things are constantly changing and but it sounds like you have an amazing adra team and then a legion of adra volunteers yes and um that's wonderful to to hear
1: there is so much really work to be done in this country now. So we we realize that that the damage that is done even so far, if this would stop even today, there is so much damage that, Mm -hmm. of course, the news cannot show everything because of security and because of the ongoing shelling. But the country is so much, you know, damaged and ruined. But of course, the most important is the lives of people. And Mm -hmm. that's that's why we are focusing now, you know, to save the, Mm the
0: lives. I I know I mentioned this before, I'm just going to say it again, there have been lots and lots of prayers for you, for all the ADRA staff and volunteers, and for everyone in Ukraine, and and we're just going to keep right on praying. And I want to invite our listeners and our viewers, if your heart has been touched listening to Artem and his stories and about the work that ADRA Ukraine and the church are doing, I encourage you please to give so that this work can continue ADRA Ukraine and the church need our support, so please give to ADRA Canada, and we will uh, work and partner with ADRA Ukraine to make sure that the people who are most in need get the need the help that they need the most, and the way to do that is to visit ADRA.ca forward slash Ukraine, or you can call our office at one 274 2372 And I believe we'll have the banner at the bottom of the video as well for for the website. So please prayerfully consider giving very generously to help uh, Adra Ukraine and the church to continue to meet the needs on the ground. Well, Artan, thank you so much for taking time out to be with us and to share with us your experience and what the needs are there and the amazing work that Adra Ukraine and the church are doing there. It's really inspiring it's encouraging to hear what's taking place, and um, I really hope that people will be moved to give, to support.
1: Thank you, and and also I, I want this to be as also the opportunity for people to value and uh, be thankful for what they have also, and appreciate that they have peaceful time and the opportunity to hug their family and loved. And uh, see them, you know, after the work or after the, you know, on weekends. And we uh, thankful to God for all that we have, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything, you know, there is saying that all what we have is not forever. Sometimes it stops, or and it's good to uh, appreciate and be thankful to God for everything that we have.
0: Mm-hmm. And to do what we can to bring it back to those who've lost it.
1: Yeah.